0: Welcome to another episode of the Strange Matters Podcast. Here at Strange Matters, we discuss anything just outside the norm, ranging from the bizarre and unexplained to the supernatural and the paranormal. I'm your host, Ethan, with my co-hosts, Sean and Eric. On this episode, we will be discussing an urban legend unfamiliar to most, the legend of Bunnyman.
1: Yeah, we've had a few requests to do an episode on urban legends. So when Ethan here found this case, we just ran with it. Not only is it pretty weird and an unknown urban legend, but it also takes place in our home state of Virginia, not too far from us.
0: So, often with urban legends, there's the story and then there's the truth. That's what makes the tale of Fairfax, Virginia's Bunny Man so eerie and so bizarre and so downright creepy.
1: This is a pretty creepy story, I gotta. All right, so let's get started with the origin of the Bunny Man, where this story first started, really. So, the story and tale of a so called Bunny Man. Began to take place in around 1970 in Northern Virginia. So the first sighting was by an Air Force cadet named Bob Bennett and his fiance. So while returning from a late football game, the couple pulled their car into a secluded area so they could have some alone time. Now, how many stories have we heard that start with a couple in Lover's Lane making out unaware of what's about to happen? I think it's pretty much the
2: introduction for nearly every crappy horror movie I've ever seen.
1: (laughs) Yeah, pretty much. I mean, you know, like the the escape lunatic with the hook in the hand or whatever. So, anyway, basically what happens to Bob, so something outside the car gets their attention, and before they can even react, the window beside his fiance just shatters inward. So, Bob Bennett, you know, he's freaked out, he quickly starts his car and peels away, and the couple heard uh, warning shots about trespassing as they sped away. So, later that night, the couple gave their description of the incident to the police. And a search for the car found that a hatchet had been thrown through the window, causing it to break and shatter.
2: I heard I heard in one article that I read that when they looked at the bunny as they were driving off, that he actually skipped off into the forest.
1: Really? Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah, that's I mean the problem with this these urban legends is yeah, for every single, you know, story there's like twelve different variations. So yeah, I think all of us probably read just different
0: But we know that the truth lies somewhere. Yeah, even if it's minute.
1: Yeah, one of the, the it that lies
0: is... somewhere in there.
1: Yeah, one of the options has to be right. So when the couple gave their descriptions to the police, both agreed that the man was wearing all white costume. But Bob's fiance said it looked like something like a KKK robe. But Bob would say that it looked like a man wearing a white bunny suit.
0: How's that intimidating, really? Well, I, I can see it kind of being you know, like midnightish.
1: Yeah. How is it, the bunny suit
2: intimidating? Yeah
0: intimidating to me especially <laughs> with the hatchet well that and i guess the time of the night or time of the day that when it took place yeah. kind of adds to it like all right i'm i'm going here to make some love to my woman here and just randomly out in the middle of nowhere out comes a guy in a freaking white bunny suit. i mean
1: it's surreal <laughs> you know you're 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 kissing your lady a window shatters, and you look up, and there's a man in a bunny suit standing in front of your car. I, <laughs> I mean, that, that'd be most one of the most confusing and terrifying moments I can imagine.
2: I think a bunny man is creepy about just any time of the day. <laughs> <So> that's true. <laughs> any man
1: who dresses like a full bunny isn't probably all up there in the head. Alright, so continue with this story. Less than two weeks later, a security guard named Paul Phillips came upon a man supposedly wearing a black-and-white bunny suit, chopping away at a new and unoccupied house with a large axe. So, Phillips said that he started talking to him, and that's when the guy started chopping. And then the rabbit man yelled at him, All you people trespass around here. If you don't get out of here, I'm going to bust you on the head. So, obviously, Phillips walked away, and he got to his car where his handgun was. By the when he came back to the house, the rabbit, carrying the long-handled axe, had run off into the woods. So, the security guard said that the man that he saw was about 5'8", 160 pounds, and appeared to be in his early 20s. So, both of these incidents were reported to the police... But there wasn't enough evidence beyond the two witness testimonies to warrant any type of action. However, as what usually happens with these kind of events in the community were quickly spread, and within the next month, the police had received 50 reports of sightings and encounters with this bunny man.
0: Your your typical mass hysteria type scenario.
1: Yeah, exactly. Kind of reminds me of like, you know, the Mothman and other types of things where you get one or two sightings and all of a sudden a whole town is seeing them. Yeah. Yeah, so as we were just saying, the story just spread quickly around, the local media jumped all over this new and bizarre story, and even a few articles in the Washington Post were written about this new floppy-eared, axe-wielding menace. As sightings of the Bunny Man began to grow, so too did stories detailing who this man was and how he came to be.
0: So this is where the beginnings, or the, the legend of Bunny Man takes off, the... the... As you mentioned already, the origins of when he was reported, but this right. is...
1: So they needed a backstory to this bunny man. Exactly. How did he come to be?
0: So, also with many urban legends, there are many accounts. However, the one that I'm about to present here is the most widely accepted, I guess, rendition of
1: right. it all. It's like the canon of the bunny man.
0: Right. So it takes place in the early 1900s, specifically 1904, Apparently there was an asylum located between uh, Clifton and Fairfax County in Virginia. As many people don't know around the U.S. or around the world, Fairfax County in Virginia is up in the northern part, around right. D.C. Yeah, near D.C. So this uh, this asylum closed apparently because of a petition from the local residents around the area who didn't like the idea of having such a institution so close to them.
1: Probably doesn't help the resale value of their houses. Being no, located it, it right probably doesn't. I mean, it's how many people this
0: day and age would like a prison yeah. around them with you know felons and murderers, yeah, and this, living right next door.
2: This is in the 1900s, so people escape all the time and
0: yeah, they go out
2: and find the nearest house they can to get supplies and be on their way. Hold whoever they have
0: to hostage, rob them, makes sense. Yeah. So these residents, the asylum, were then forced to pack up and move and were transported to what is Lorton Prison. On the way to this prison, the bus swerved and crashed. Good of thing. course. yeah, yeah. A- a- As any kind of story would uh, take a turn.
1: Yeah. They, I mean, were,
2: they were do- <laughs> dodging a bunny.
1: <laughs> you know it's a good story when it starts with a bus filled with crazy maniacs crashes. The, o- the only thing that would
0: have made this better is if there were uh, tellings of it was dark and stormy night. There was, you know, rain was coming down sideways. Wind was blowing everywhere. (laughs) There are various counts from this point. Some say that all on the bus perished. Some say escaped, and then later hunted down by police. Whatever uh, story you want to believe, the ending is the same. One escaped or survived, and his name was Douglas Griffin. Some records show that Douglas J. Griffin was originally sent to this asylum for killing his family and children on Easter Sunday.
1: There you go. You got that bunny connection hey, on there. This it. is a very,
0: very <laughs> intricate tale.
1: <laughs>
0: this is either well thought of by some person, or there there, there has to be some truth to this. But I go on. Police searched the surrounding areas for weeks, but found no trace of Griffin. After a few months, uh the local residents who petitioned, or I guess residents who later moved there, whatever the case may be, started finding rabbit carcasses hanging from the bridge where the bus allegedly had crashed. Also, to add to this, one day a resident found a man. This man was identified as Marcus Walster. One account that I had done research on uh, claims that Walster was actually maybe possibly a second uh, asylum resident that had escaped with griffin whatever the case may be walster was found hanging from the bridge in the same manner as the rabbits so if you want to picture that you see rabbit carcass you would think that walster was i guess maybe skinned there was bones showing you know yeah it not your typical hanging that you would picture in your mind of just you know some person hung themselves on a tree branch so
2: so more gruesome than your average run-of-the-mill hanging
0: right so police once again after discovering walster resumed their search and griffin at this time was dubbed or coined the bunny man remembering what had happened at the bridge only a year this is walster's uh discovery at the bridge Local teens went to the bridge on Halloween night to have what they thought would be a nice little midnight fun scare.
1: Yeah, it's kind of like going to a cemetery or a haunted house or something. This right. The, the closest thing yeah, they had your, to... get your
0: rocks off, yeah. your, your kicks off. The story goes that at midnight, several teenagers were hung at the bridge, while one who had wandered some distance from the group managed to escape unhurt or unscathed, and shocked by what she had seen and sputtering nothing but nonsense... She was eventually charged with the murder of the teens and sent to a uh, home for the insane. What a coincidence. (laughs) (laughs) She herself was then sent to an (laughs) insane asylum. As you progress down, I guess, the road of decades in in the 1940s, same as before, a group of teens on Halloween was looking for fun, all discovered dead. Also in the 1970s, three more teens were discovered in the same manner.
1: Basically, it wasn't a good time to be a teen in Fairfax County.
0: Yeah, especially after learning about this, why, as a teen, would you even want to go near that name? Why take
1: the risk? There's a difference between, hey, let's go to this spooky house and, hey, let's go to this bridge where all these people are hanged.
2: (laughs) (laughs) No, I mean, it becomes a badge of honor if you're a teen and you go to one of the local high schools. The whole high school is going to be talking about you if you go to this bridge and stay there overnight or... And managed to
1: not be
0: hanged. That's different. So, all these took place, allegedly, on Halloween night. Let's go on a different
1: night. Yeah.
0: Maybe it's okay. Let's go on October 30th. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, a guy by the name of Brian Conley, who is a local reporter and a Fairfax County archivist, wrote an extensive article on the Bunny Man, is quoted as saying, a creepy guy on Halloween dressed oddly throwing hatchets at people, It's just too bizarre to possibly be true, but it is. That's
1: right. And Brian Conley, he has, if you want to look up, he has probably one of the best articles written on the Bunny Man. He kind of sums up this whole...
0: Well, it says it took him over a decade to compound this research. Yeah, there's
1: just so many stories out there. It took him a long time to get an actual cohesive storyline going on. Right. So,
0: of course, as time goes on with uh, these urban legends, more and more stories are told Each one different from the last, as the newest storyteller puts their own twist on it. Besides the main origin story that we uh, have mentioned before, here are just a few samples of what the Bunny Man story has evolved to. So a man dressed in clothes made from rabbit pelts and lived near the bridge who didn't like children killing them and hanging them from the bridge. Also, a mentally unstable man who wore a bunny suit. Nearby kids made fun of him until one day he got fed up with it and chopped them all up. Last but not least, a bus full of children broke down near the Bunny Man Bridge. When the bus was found, the children had all been turned inside
1: out. Yeah, so just your typical gruesome stories. I like the
2: second story. I think, you know, sometimes those kids just don't know when to stop. Yeah. <laughs> sometimes you just gotta they chop just them just push them too far.
1: <laughs> One thing that is never really addressed is, like, why bunnies? You know, where did all these bunnies go? coming to the I mean, store. it could there's... come
0: from what oh. I mentioned earlier, where uh, allegedly you know, Griffin Yeah, he was
1: hanging the no, rabbits around. Well, he but... was hanging the rabbits,
0: but he also killed his family and children on Easter Sunday, which we all know
1: okay, corresponds yeah. with the Easter Bunny. That's true. Was the Easter Bunny even around in the 1904? I
0: have no <laughs> idea. <laughs> uh, so, as I mentioned, there's all this... I wouldn't say evidence, but there's many stories about the Bunny Man. Here are a couple arguments that make the uh, Bunny Man non-existent or just, as we said, an urban legend. So Fairfax County records have no information pertaining to a Douglas Griffin. Right. Uh, There was never an asylum. I did some research. There was a blog online, however that claims they found some ruins around the same area that I was talking about between Clifton and Fairfax Yeah, that uh, where an asylum could be. I mean, you it's just ruins. Be- it's a bunch of buildings. I also saw that... Yeah, but you, you would think a, that there would
1: be records of an, a mental asylum right. for the criminally insane.
0: I, I, I saw some things where it used to be a cipher, like, I wouldn't say a camp, mm-hmm. but... Something for young girls. Yeah. Uh, maybe a school or something along those lines. It was also a ranger station. So maybe someone or regarding like forestry or any s- stuff like that. Yeah. But there's, you know, along with the same person that said they found ruins, they said that they claimed to see mini buses that had DC Department of Corrections uh-huh. on uh, the side of them. So, I mean, that adds to it. Whether it's the prison or the asylum affiliated Department of Corrections, you would think, has to deal with criminal activity.
1: Yeah, but I mean, I I just don't see why, so be, they, why they would we would say
0: be... they randomly parked that with the ruins. Well, I just,
1: why would we have a secret mental asylum in Northern Virginia that no one knew existed. I'm
0: sure we have plenty of secret things in the US that we don't know about. Well, I
1: don't think we keep our prisons secret We're pretty open about <laughs> all the, make the government money.
0: Uh my most compelling argument that I found against the Bunny Man is that Lorton Prison, what I mentioned earlier, was open in nineteen ten. Which is six years after the alleged transportation and the bus and the bus crash.
1: Yeah. So, yeah, when you look into the the origins of the Bunny Man with the, the 1904, with the bus crash and the asylum and all that, there's really a lot of holes open up where the, the main person who, I can't remember his name, who wrote the story that started all this, you know, presented all these facts that turned out to not be facts, but just things that he made up. So the Bunny Man is a favorite urban
2: legend of the Northern Virginia and D.C. area. This story is pretty much kept alive by local teenagers who are looking for a cheap thrill, Um, and it's been called the Fairfax County's Blair Witch Project. A local group of musicians have even made a rock musical in his honor, named Legend of the Bunny Man. Amongst the Fairfax County area, it is a popular campfire story to scare kids and a popular Halloween hotspot.
1: Yes, I mean that's still, I guess, one of the most famous creepy areas of the Northern Virginia area.
0: I mean, have you seen pictures of this bridge? The is, bunny man, yeah, the bunny man area. bridge
1: is pretty creepy. We'll probably A put some on our website, but, bridge. yeah.
0: Um, oh, well, uh, like we have done with all our posts, where we have that one image that corresponds to. We'll we'll make sure we add. We'll we'll make it the bunny man bridge. Yeah. So you can just see how. I mean, you can see how this creepy. could be. Yeah.
2: So one of the most famous and endearing elements of this case is the Fairfax Station Bridge. That we were just discussing, and it's now more popularly known as Bunny Man Bridge, an overpass in Clifton, Virginia. And if you actually look it up on Google Maps, it, it says Bunny Man Bridge. So this is pretty, uh, pretty uh, locked into into history I mean, for Virginia. If Google says it's Bunny Man Bridge, then there must be something <laughs> it's to, to it. Got be true. <laughs> <laughs> so many stories told about the Bunny Man focus on this bridge. This location is a favorite of local ghost hunters and urban legend fans. And as mentioned earlier, it seems to be a popular spot for teenagers to
0: dare each other to spend the night there.
1: That's right. I mean, where we, girl, we had local creepy places where kids would dare each other to go spend uh, the night. I won't go
0: into details exactly uh, where uh, we're from right now. But one of our spots was a private school had a, I guess, a... Home or a church for the the nuns. It was
2: called the castle, yeah. right?
0: So that that was always a hot spot for our local town to go visit and experience maybe paranormal events or creepy things along those lines. A cheap uh,
1: thrill, yeah.
2: But basically, if we had something famous known as the Bunny Man Bridge, it's definitely an area that I would check out um, just in an attempt to get a, a, a cheap scare out of it. So, in doing research for this episode and looking up people who have visited the Bunny Man Bridge, many feel they get an uncomfortable feeling when passing through, and supposedly cell phone reception frequently drops around the bridge. Though, to be fair, a lot of that area is wilderness and isolated, so cell phone reception is not exactly known to be reliable in the first place there, not to mention you're standing beneath probably about four tons of solid concrete. (laughs) Um, Regardless if there is any actual connection to the bunny man to this bridge, many of those who have visited there have claimed it is a very creepy and spooky location.
1: Uh,
0: So to add to the creepiness of this bridge that we were just mentioning, there's actually wear marks on the sides or even on the top that show where these were, People could have been hung,
1: yeah, supposedly hung.
0: Supp- supposedly hung.
1: Right.
2: This story kind of resembles the movie Donnie Darko. Has that thought crossed anybody's mind? I do say
1: it kind of resembles Frank the Rabbit. Well, I guess I mean Frank was creepy, but I guess he was never hostile or wasn't.
2: Yeah, he definitely wasn't a murderer. But
1: that but... was the first thing I thought when I saw when Ethan was first brought up the bunny man and someone who liked to carry around an axe and chainsaw and chop up people. Yeah, def- definitely like a, the creepy bunny suit really popped in my mind. Pretty terrifying. All right, so let's just talk about, we've gone over, you know, we're in the start in the 70s, the famous origin story of an escaped convict, and then legacy. Um, so let's talk about, is there any actual legitimacy to the bunny man itself? So, I mean, I think we can agree that the 1970s attacks... Of a man in a bunny suit wielding either a hatchet or an axe yeah, between, is probably uh, legit. The,
0: the Air Force cadet Bennett and Phillips. I mean, the, these are credible it, first-hand accounts. Yeah,
1: these aren't like drunk teenagers or something that you, you'd find in like some other urban legends. These are actually, you know, two pretty credible sources. And two in isolated you know instances of seeing guys in a bunny man suit. True. I mean, and
0: they were also done kind of... They weren't done back to back. There was some distance, but not enough distance to be like, hey, this just randomly popped I mean, we're talking less than two weeks apart from each other. Yeah.
2: But I mean, I could definitely see a, a small group of individuals wanting to start an urban legend or some creepy story doing something crazy like this. It's not that far fetched that three people would get together, break a window and claim that a guy dressed as a bunny man attacked them. True. I mean, it's not too far-fetched that it could be a totally falsified story.
1: Yeah, or even like the first one where maybe the guy wasn't wearing a bunny suit, but he was just wearing an all-white robe outfit or something. Exactly. But the guy just thought it was a bunny. Well, I like but...
0: the KKK robe that the fiancé uh,
1: yeah. claimed. And then maybe the maybe the second guy was wearing a bunny suit, but he was the only guy who was ever wearing a bunny suit. And it's just a coincidence that they were both had axes or something. Whatever the case may be, though, it is confirmed that the
0: Fairfax County Police were indeed searching for a male in his late 20s, dressed as a bunny. However, the search ended up with no conclusive evidence.
1: Right. I I read a source that they went to the costume shops and during that time span saw records on everybody who had rented bunny suits and all of them had been, you know, returned and, like, no problem. And, like, they all had alibis or anything. Some guy might have been wearing a bunny suit or something, but... He might not have been local or something, or he made it to himself. But... Which leads to the uh, what I mentioned earlier—the claim that the guy
0: wore rabbit pelts and wasn't in a, a bunny suit per se, but wore actual rabbit skin.
1: Yeah, I guess. But I, I guess it. I mean, I think it's, that person would pop out to the average person. They would not go like, "Oh, those are rabbit pelts." <laughs> They'd be like, "Oh, some crazy man with an axe. But if he was actually wearing a bunny suit. That's where I, yeah. I know you're coming with, with the, the different variations of the story, but I've always just pictured the bunny man actually wearing a bunny suit with a big old flop. Well, we're talking or...
0: like, if you were to picture the Easter bunny, we're talking a fluffy white. Yeah, basically.
1: <laughs> with a chainsaw axe.
0: <laughs> with, with the, you know, you know, wearing a, I don't want to say a helmet, but you know what I'm talking about, the uh, head cover or yeah. headgear that has a smiley face for, you know, the bunny, yeah. and then pointy straight-up ears. I um, mean, I guess if
1: you want to be realistic, a crazed wilderness man wearing rabbit pelts is probably more, you know, reasonable to assume than someone just wearing a goofy rabbit outfit. Yeah. But, I mean, like I said, it is, there's just so many different sides to this story, and I... it's just hard to believe most of it, I think.
2: I think my understanding is that it's probably something that started in truth and kind of spiraled out of control and just turned into, like we were talking about, a a story that people exaggerate and use it as a means to get a cheap scare and go hang out at the bunny bridge, see what happens kind of thing. I think probably the first one or two stories might have been true. And from there, everything just kind of slippery
1: sloped. Yeah, I can kind of see your earlier argument with the human element of people who are constructing this bunny man outfit i know we i know there were were
0: three different versions to all of the stories that we discussed it doesn't have to be just this it just say in general like when two people have conflicting arguments it's always said that the truth lies in between it's never one or
1: the other it's always something in the middle yeah but when you have them branching out in 12 different directions. It's hard to find the middle and all that. Well, yeah, but, I mean,
0: the truth is there, though. There is some type of bunny man.
1: Maybe. <laughs> I'm so skeptical. I mean, it, it's. I think it's a bunch of different things tied in. I think there is the 1970 tax where some guy may or may not have been wearing a bunny suit, and some guy just tied it in with earlier murders or just crimes or made-up stuff just to fit the storyline.
0: Alright, so, uh, I mean, whatever the truth is to the Bunny Man and the Bunny Man Bridge, it's still a damn good story and a stop that will surely spook the hell out of you. Yeah, You definitely. can't lie about it.
1: That. It is a creepy story, and like I said, there is some credibility, there's it's some portions of the story, like the 1970 attacks. However, my final thoughts is I just think that this Bunny Man tale just spun out of control until you know everyone's just adding their two cents into the story. I mean, you go from a man yelling at trespassers, to an escaped mental patient, to a guy who hangs kids off a bridge. It's just, this story's just going all over the place, so uh, there might be a kernel of truth in there. I know, I know you might believe it, Ethan, but I just, I don't see it,
2: personally. Ethan believes everything.
0: I believe everything that I hear. <laughs> Hitler's a lot, well, not alive now, but he escaped,
1: I'm yeah. telling you. They're talking to the guy, yeah, he, <laughs> <laughs> he thinks that Hitler was parading around South America, so... <laughs> Anything I hear, it's possible. It was on the
0: internet Ethan believes it. <laughs> so that's it for this episode of our very first urban legend. Probably more are to come. Definitely. Uh, if you or any other listeners have any um, urban legends that you want us to discuss or any other bizarre or strange topics that you would like to, for us to cover, send in your suggestions to our email at podcast at gmail.com. You can also comment, listen, and download our episodes from our website, strangematterspodcast.com. If you like to follow us on social media, we have a Facebook page and Twitter. You can also listen to us on iTunes and Stitcher. And if you are listening to us on these apps, please also take the time to leave us a rating and review. It definitely helps us in promoting our podcast and getting the word out and upgrade us from new and upcoming to
1: a more established podcast. Yeah, we want now. to break into that top 50 rankings in our category. That's that's our lofty goal. Right. So uh, on a side note, Sean, you have something to say? Yes, if anybody is willing, anybody who's either artistic or musically gifted uh, would like to work with us, we're kind of looking to expand, get maybe make some new artwork for the show or some new intro or outro music. So if anyone out there is interested at all, um, yeah, just shoot us an email or just send us some messages on Facebook or Twitter or something. We're definitely looking to spruce up our, our program a little bit. So, yeah, I just wanted to mention that. All right, that does it for this episode, guys. So, in the meantime,
0: from us at Strange Matters Podcast. Uh... Stay creepy.
1: Take it easy, everyone.